0: are we learning about fundraising during the pandemic that can serve us well now and when we fundraise in the future? Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the Fundraising School and I'm joined today by Ann Fitzgerald. Ann has a long history with our school. She's an alumna. She serves on our board of visitors at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy and she serves on the faculty of the Fundraising School. She squeezes all of that in in her spare time Uh, because in her full time, she's president of A.C. Fitzgerald, a national fundraising and nonprofit leadership and management consulting firm. And, Anne, thanks so much for being with us. And you are working with nonprofits across the United States. What are you seeing in terms of the resilience that they're developing and need to develop that can help them fundraise now and lessons that can be learned, that can be applied in the future?
1: Well, these are great questions, Bill. And let me also just say, I have gained so much knowledge and experience from the fundraising school and from Indiana University's Lilly School. As as you mentioned, I got my master's there. So I I recommend it to anyone. But, um, you know, these are very good questions. I think what I'm seeing among nonprofits is a few things. This resiliency, agility, and confidence and the resiliency I think there's a feeling like okay we kind of got through this it's been challenging and some groups certainly challenged more than others but I, I have a feeling that there's that we feel like we've done that we have this agility because all these organizations around the country had to pivot so quickly we had to take our staff to a different operating structure we had to do programs differently and we said wait a second this this worked and that's also giving us that confidence to move forward. Maybe there's other things we could be doing or should be doing moving forward that we can do rapidly, and we all have the confidence that we can do that move right away.
0: You know, and each of us in our own personal lives in our households, we've had to make big adjustments, big changes because of sheltering in place and everything else that this pandemic has brought amongst our society across the world.
1: Mm-hmm. Are there
0: any common challenges you've seen amongst the nonprofits who you're working with in terms of that aspect of agility, that you know, there's a common challenge, a common problem that you're really seeing nonprofits are gonna to have to pivot with and to move forward?
1: Well, first of all, I think there's a big po- positive here and that is, and that we, I think we should recognize, you know, many nonprofits over the years have had uh, individuals who've worked virtually, maybe not the whole fundraising team, but individuals. And so that had actually been a fair challenge for some organizations, because I, a lot of the virtual people always felt a little bit out of the loop. They were out there, you know, working away. They weren't around the water cooler having the informal chats, and it felt like they were missing out. The pandemic, the working from home piece has sort of leveled that playing field. So th- th- this has actually helped overcome a challenge of Of working together and collaborating better with a virtual team, because pretty much everyone's virtual. David Lapiana, who's had done a lot of work in this in this space, recently wrote a piece um, in the Stanford Social Innovation Review about the what nonprofits are doing. He surveyed them and found that 82% of nonprofits he surveyed had gone almost entirely virtual. So that brings its own challenges, and I think. Um, I think part of it, to get back to your question, is how do we best fundraise in this environment where our donors uh, have been virtual and they may not be ready to see us at this time, and that might extend through the end of the year and into next year?
0: If I could, I'd like to follow up on that issue of team leadership. As you mentioned, some teams already have folks working remotely. That certainly is the case with us at the fundraising school with one of our full-time staff members uh, living several states away, and of course, faculty like yourself living all across the United States. But for nonprofits who are new to this, what advice do you have? Because when we're in place, you know, we can have our team meeting, we can be in the big conference room together, or you know, we can walk past each other's workplaces, we can have the water cooler conversations, the microwave oven, you know, as my lunch warms up conversations, but now we're telecommuting. What advice do you have for leaders of fundraising teams as their uh, colleagues are now working remotely.
1: I think you have to start by using every tool you have on hand to facilitate communication. And one thing that I've seen organizations really adopt is this uh, Google, whether it's Google Chats or Slack or Microsoft Teams, to create those informal chats. Not everything has to be an email. And I think leaders have to embrace that. Also, I'm hearing now, you know, people sort of get this, Zoom fatigue, you know, <laughs> like I'm sick of these webinars, but the face-to-face connection is still very, very important. We know face-to-face connection on some level, even if we have to do it virtually, is important for fundraising. It's important for your team as well, so make sure you're making that effort and continuing to make that effort to connect people. Um, I, I also want to encourage CEOs to invest in their employees. Look, at they're working from home. That In some organizations, that's going to Extend for many, many more months. So what are the, the investments? And they, they can be small, but will help facilitate that home office. Do your does your staff need a better internet connection? Does someone need a better chair? I mean, what are the, the investments you can make in your staff so that they can they can work and better from home? Some of them are in very Quarters. So, what are some of those those just so basic things that are going to facilitate that? And then finally, I would just say consider flexible hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband works in the government; they can work between five thirty a.m. and ten p.m. because people have real ch- childcare issues and times where they're teaching their 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 kids or making sure they're being educated.
0: Yeah, you know, and I, I wanted to amplify that last point, and that is uh, if people are leading teams what expectation is realistic in terms of response time? You know, I think about if there was an employee and, and she had an opportunity to work from home on a given day, while well, everybody else is back at the office. They're having their meetings and their commute times and everything. Well, now we're all in front of our laptops at the same time. And so it would seem that could increase an expectation that an email will be responded to faster and that work will happen, you know, more quickly. And I know I fall into that as well. It can become very weary as the bounce to the back and the replies keep happening at a faster pace. But alone, as you mentioned, people are uh, caring for young children. Some are caring for their uh, senior citizen parents, uh, things of that nature and other responsibilities around the home. What advice do you have for leaders of fundraising teams? Because they want to get the work done of or the organization, people are being paid to still get their job done but finding that right level of flexibility with now they have their home responsibilities occurring at the same time and that faster pace of work that can come about when we're telecommuting.
1: Well, I think it starts with helping the employees who are working virtually to understand that they have an important responsibility to actually over communicate. They have to share what their situation is. I think a lot of times employees think the managers can read their minds or or instinctively understand the stresses in their in their households. So you have to over-communicate on that level. And I think that, again, the CEOs have to think about what other tools can they deploy that will give more clarity of who's online and who's working and who's not. Uh, T-Sheets is one tool that connects to QuickBooks. That could be a, a, a tool that organizations use there's many, many online tools, but something that it just encourages accountability for everybody, but also it gives clarity to the team as who is available right now for, to be responsive.
0: And if the cat walks across the screen while you're having the meeting, welcome to life in the pandemic, right? <laughs>
1: That's right. The cat happens, whatever, you know, we all have lives or the little kid or something is popping in, you know, this, this is what what it is. But I think giving, um, you know, uh, now I think it's time for CEOs to give their team more guidance and, and be clear about their expectations. You know, especially if you have team members who are engaging with donors in a virtual world too, how can we best share with them best practices? You know, you, this may not be the time to wear your scruffiest T-shirt when you're talking to a donor, you know. So give them the guidance. Don't, don't expect everyone to understand this instinctively.
0: Ann Fitzgerald is the president of AC Fitzgerald National Consulting Firm to nonprofits across the United States, uh, and an alumna of the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. You see from Ann's wisdom and expertise, uh, the folks who are attracted to our master's program, which now is entirely online, uh, and you can access more information about this master's program at philanthropy.iupui.edu. And Anne also serves as a faculty member of the Fundraising School. Our response to the pandemic is TFRS at your desk. It's our umbrella theme for all of the different programs and services we have, such as these free podcasts, which are now being tailored to fundraising in this era of COVID-19. Once a month, we get together for Fridays with the Fundraising School. A one-hour chat, people just get together. We have a couple of topics we discuss. Folks Share their best practices. They lament and, you know, uh, share their miseries a little bit, but we get together as a community and have those conversations. And our courses are still available, uh, mostly online. Uh, We will uh, plan to have some in person later on in the fall, as long as Indiana University and local, state, federal policies allow us to do that. But however you take our courses, you are eligible for a crisis response scholarship. And it's been an absolute delight to see dozens and dozens of nonprofit organizations taking advantage of this. You can too at philanthropyiupyedu forward slash The Fundraising School. I'm Bill Stanjakovic, and now you are now more up to date on this first day from The Fundraising School.